Hello everyone and thank you for joining me today for our Third Party Thursday podcast. I'm Steve Greenfield, Director of Third Party Risk here at Venminder. Today's topic will be vendor oversight requirements on non-elected vendors. This topic came about from a recent webinar I presented with National Mortgage News on the importance of third party risk management in consumer finance today. And it was actually a question which came out of the Q&A session which I thought everyone could benefit from. An unelected vendor is a term given where your company doesn't have an active relationship directly with that vendor who's being requested by essentially another third party. In this example, that may be a consumer or perhaps even an investor or mortgage aggregator. Certainly, we've seen aggregators in the past require the use of certain vendors, which will meet their requirements as part of your investor approval process. And examples of these include quality control software, fraud review tools, even APR calculation software, to name but a few. The use of these types of vendors may offer strategic advantages and help with rep and warrant relief from the investor since you are following their lead. However, it may be tempting to think that you might not need to do third-party risk oversight on these selected vendors. That actually couldn't be far further from the truth. My sense is that ultimately these vendors will be accessing your consumer's MPPI data. And from personal experience, I've never been asked by an examiner to disregard any non-elected vendors outside of my regular vendor scope. Truth be told, the examiner doesn't differentiate between the two. The second type of non-elected vendor which may come into play is when a customer selects a vendor to be involved in the loan transaction. And these are typically vendors such as closing agents or title companies, and usually either refer because they are a personal connection with the consumer or a realtor referral. In either case, there is a basic question to ask yourself as the lender. If this vendor fails to perform or commits fraud or suffers a data breach, who is at risk? And while the consumer may have some transactional risk exposure, certainly the ultimate risk really lies with you as the mortgage lender. So while it would never be good business sense to ask the consumer to provide vetting information on their preferred vendor, it would be good practice to set expectations directly with the selected vendor. At a minimum, you should collect license information, errors and emissions insurance, resumes if possible, and even check against the HUD exclusionary list and OFAC. Because this type of vendor is chosen at the transactional level, it's quite unlikely that much in the way of oversight will be performed by the second line of defense, which is TPRM. Note that the first line of defense, which can entail processing, underwriting, or the closing department, may be involved, and standard practice will be to submit the preferred vendor into a fraud risk data check service, really just checking that they're a legitimate company. There are a number of services available, such as First American's Fraud Guard, Data Verifies Drive Report, and a number of tools from LexisNexis. So while I'm not recommending any provider over the other, each will provide a level of insight to the vendor should there be any red flag findings to be concerned about. If there are red flags, it's important that as a TPRM policy, you must create a framework in which the first line of defense can provide feedback and that you can take the necessary action. Mortgage fraud still hasn't subsided since the financial crisis, so TPRM can play an active role in identifying potential fraud rings where multiple parties or consumer-selected vendors have a vested interest in the transaction itself. I mentioned earlier the case for improved rep and warranty relief may be available to you from the use of the aggregator elected vendors. If we point back to the question regarding who is responsible for TPRM on non-elected vendors, it's worth noting that the Fannie Mae Day One Certainty Initiative has a pre-approved and vetted list of vendors who provide services on verification of income, assets and other issues. And while rep and warranty relief is available for lenders who use Day One Certainty, Fannie Mae actually points out that vendor due diligence remains the responsibility of the lender based on their primary regulator's requirements. 
So this will really seem to answer the question that TPRM is required to be performed by the lender regardless of who selects or approves a particular vendor service. The key thing to remember here is that oversight and risk assessments on any vendor should be commensurate with the level of risk the use of the vendor presents to your organization. So in the case of the one-off transactional vendor, you should hit the fundamentals in your oversight practices, but don't need to worry too much about going overboard. And again, in the long run, if the vendor actually performs in that transaction, you may want to consider adding them to your overall existing vendor panel. Thanks again for tuning in today. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to our Third Party Thursday podcast. I've been your host, Steve Greenfield, and until next time, trust but verify.